And thank you for joining us, our fellow lovers of love, on this excursion through the stream of consciousness, to the river ah, of tranquility, and on towards the lake of love. And I screwed it up because I don't know what the hell happened there. I just brain froze. Brain froze right in the middle of the thing. We have got to write that down. Oh, that's, writing it down wouldn't help that time. I had it right. I just froze <laughs> right in the middle of saying it. I knew I what it was. It's not going to be one of those shows. Nah, nah, we're good. It was just one of those old person moments. I guess we'll call it an old person moment. I had an old person moment, man. It's all right. You know, you could actually say I had a crisis of confidence for a second. It's not really. I just thumbed out on what I was supposed to say. But I remembered it. I just didn't say it. <laughs> anyway, as we're into the show, it's, we're entering the Christmas season, and there's a lot of uncertainty going to this time of year. You know, you always have those people who are their first time giving the big Christmas dinners, or the or there's a lot of uncertainty about the economics of Christmas this year and what you can do for your children or for yourself or for those you love. And then, you know, there's um, a friend of ours going through his basic training for a, a National Guard, moved on to his competency. AIT. Yeah, so you're the, the military person here. I don't know what these things are. It's just training. Yeah, it's it's a specific training. For his, for his MOS, for his job. Yeah, for his, for his job. So he was doing well, and then he, you know, is... There's some very specific, small specific things kind of knocked him back down to the middle of the pack. And so he was feeling feeling a bit uh, bad about himself. And he picked himself back up 12 hours later and, you know, moved on and says, I'm just not going to do that again. I'm not going to take these little things for granted again, which is what you do. But for a moment there, he was facing a crisis of confidence. That, you know, what am I doing here? Uh, you know, how do I, how did this happen? All this kind of, you know, the crisis of confidence we all face from time to time when we, we've prepared for something. We've prepared hard for something, but we overlooked what ends up being relatively small, but important. Right. And this thing, it was a formatting issue. He had some formatting, minor formatting mistakes, but cost him dearly because, you know, Formatting mistakes when you're dealing with military <laughs> paperwork is essentially, you know, it's everything. You can make mistakes in, in filling out the paperwork. As long as you get the format right, you'll be fine. You know, <laughs> so there's some formatting mistakes. And, you know, and so he felt for a little while that he hadn't been prepared. It's like, you know, you just overprepared in one area and underprepared in another. That's all. That's all that was. That's it's an easily fixable situation. And so... You know, he realized that and moved on. But a lot of people get stuck in that crisis of confidence where they don't feel like they belong. They don't feel that they can do it. They don't feel that they are worthy of the goals they have set for themselves. They are unsure of, you know, where to go from here, how to move forward. You know, I, I face it all the time nowadays. So having to go to the grocery store and try to buy a new grocery store, not your normal grocery store where you kind of know where things are. Try to go to a new grocery store and just buy a loaf of bread and some yogurt. 
<laughs> well, you can't see. Yeah, you can't see. You can see where the yogurt is, but <laughs> you can't tell what kind it is. And the pictures don't really help because, you know, it's, you know, anyway. And so there's those little things that, you know, we all struggle with and, and they bleed into other parts of your life. You know, the, the difficulty in reading a label off of the, you know, the price of the label or seeing is, is this lime yogurt or is this key lime yogurt? Because there's a difference. Right? Lime yogurt is good. I don't like the key lime yogurt. There's a difference. Yeah. And if you can't tell the difference, you know, you, that struggle, the daily struggle of having to just do things, it, it bleeds over into things you're competent in because you're struggling in things that you're not competent in or you're learning. You're learning. You're still on your learning curve, right? And so you're, you're still struggling. And if you stuck there, it can affect other aspects of your life. You feel less confident, you know, on the dance floor, so to speak. You feel less confident cooking your own dinner. You feel less confident, confident as a parent, as a parent, as a lover, as a, you know, as a someone who's out looking for a lover, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, if you're looking for love, if you're looking for companionship and you're not feeling very confident, you're not emotionally attractive you're attracting the wrong type of person because you're not confident in yourself and so you're going to attract people who are that's when you end up attracting the people who are users and abusers and predators because they see you as prey you know confident people aren't prey they're just not and so that crisis of confidence it's it's a difficult thing and as we enter the the holidays and there's a lot of pressure a lot of stresses a lot of expectations that you've placed upon yourself that society's placed upon you or that you think society your family friends has placed upon you it's a difficult time and it's a very stressful time and you know i think if we just being aware is actually a big help that you know just kind of paying attention to yourself paying attention to what you're doing to you know who you're doing it with and for can help i think is is a uh, way to go forward and to all of you out there you know like our friend oscar if you're struggling you know well life is a struggle you know i'm a classic example of no matter what you do there's always something around the corner that's not gonna say out to get you because it's life isn't actually out to get you. Life doesn't care enough about you to want to be out to get you. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's kind of the problem, right? Life has some. They have to care about you to want to get out, go out to get you, and the world doesn't care about you enough. Yeah, but sometimes it seems like you gotta have. You're having your turn in the barrel, and it's just time to get out. Yes, yes, and you know, but all you can do is try not to make it worse. You know, it's, all you can do is your part. That's all you can do. All you can do is all you can do. You can't do more than you can do. It's literally not possible. Now, sometimes you can do more than you think you can do. And again, that goes back to the crisis of confidence. But I think we all need to be careful about how we are uh, approaching these times. So, 
And just to let you know that you can find us at uh, latenightlove.us. And we actually have on our merchandise store, we actually have a our first piece of merchandise. We actually should get our sample here in a few days. It's a nice little coffee mug is the first one. We start simple. Start with a nice little late night love coffee mug. And we're working on some more, more designs for T-shirts and hats. And what are we calling it? Because life is negative enough line. Right, where we're going to call it. It's the late night love because life is negative. Enough. Yes, and a big shout out to our intern for getting that put together. Yeah, well, it's we have to think of a, we have to think of a name for you know we have we kind of have we try to have uh, nicknames so to speak for uh, you know our children when we talk about them on here, you know, because we have Crash and. And you know, Bam Bam is the you know, so we don't try to use their their real names because one, it's more fun to have a nickname, but two, everybody deserves a little privacy. I mean, it's easy to find out if someone really wants to find out, but because I'm a public person, everything is kind of public. But you know, it's, it's a little fun. So I got to come up with names for all these children of ours when we discuss them. Have to come up with names for them all, nicknames for all of them. We we'll have to ask them all what they want their TV nicknames to be. Oh, that'll be fun. Or their podcast nicknames to be. Actually, we have to get Crash back on here. She's been on. She's been up. She hasn't been on here for a while. She's been a little busy working in Starbucks. Yeah. We can find fifteen minutes. I'm just saying. We should. Yeah. We have to get her back on here. Yeah. Well, she's got something to say. See, she's got something to say. We haven't actually asked her, but it's been such a, just getting things done the last, what, six months has been difficult. I'm just now starting to feel somewhat, I don't even want to say normal because I don't think I'm feeling normal, but <laughs> I think I'm starting to feel somewhat normal. So every time I start to go off feeling normal, then six weeks later, I go, no, nah, I still wasn't normal back then. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to wonder, you know, I'm starting to feel, I have more consistent energy, shall we say. I have more consistent energy and then there's less of that, something that's gone, there's less of it where I just don't feel good. You know, my test numbers are going back. My eyesight's getting worse. And so there's the balance. But it's easier now for me to be confident to put things on my calendar that I'll, you know, I might not be able to see, but I can, the mind still works. The mind's working better. That brain fog was a pain in the butt for a long time. It was not something I was enjoying. All right. So you can find us at latenightlove.us. You can find us in all your podcasts and social media networks. And we would really appreciate the follows or the, the likes. And we'll have a sample out here to show you. I, I, Michael didn't have Michael. I can't do graphics. So I need someone to help me with graphics, and I was going to take the graphics of the cup and be able to show it on the thing, but I can't because, yeah, anyway. It's not attractive. The, the, the image that they use isn't all that attractive. Anyway, but if you go to our Facebook page or our MeWe page, any of our social media pages, you can find the, the link. It's a Teespring. You can go to Teespring, search Late Night Love in our creator store, and we'll have a more things up and if you lose use the code love up until christmas day december 25th 2021 you get 10% off anything you order for your christmas shopping for your christmas shopping 
just in time for Christmas. We should have a get a couple more cups. I should get a couple more things up this week. It's kind of the thing. Get a couple more glasses. So pretty soon we'll be ever sitting here drinking out of our late night love glasses and cups. So. Ooh. That'll be fun. All right. So we're going to talk about surviving Christmas. And my lovey has a rant. Now, personally, I'm not sure. I have literally never seen this happen in real life. This whole mistletoe thing. Well, now I, I posted an article, and uh, who all started this kiss tradition of kissing under the mistletoe was the ancient Greeks during the festival of Saturnalia and later in marriage ceremonies because of the plant's association with fertility. Which, okay. You want to hang it in a spot at a party, okay, but, you know, taking it around, this is my yearly rant, it creeps me out. Taking around and go, running up to girls, holding over to your head and saying, okay, now you got to kiss me. It's creepy. Well, I, if, if I've ever seen it, I would agree with you, but I am 51 years old and I have almost put 52. Oh, crap, I'm... 52 oh, years old. No, it was constant. And I've never seen this happen. Well, it doesn't happen to me anymore, but when I was uh, the only young place, and the only single. Place, <laughs> the only place I've ever seen the mistletoe thing happen is on TV and movies. That's it. I've never seen it happen anywhere outside of TVs and movies. I used to put it up. Kids would go come around and sell it at Christmas time. Now, people would put Christmas times up and people would joke about it. Ah, how you walked in a mystical, you have to kiss somebody. But the, no one ever did. It was just a joke because it was what we see on TV. Now, people used to hang it up like over a door jam and things and when people would walk through. But no one ever actually. That's fun for family. But no one ever actually kissed anybody over the damn thing. We did. No, you just hang it up over the door. I think you yeah, you hang it up over the door frame. When you feel like having a kiss, you go over. Hey, I'm under the mistletoe. You gotta kiss me. No, that's just creepy. I don't care who you do it. You hang it over the nest. So, so fertility reigns upon the people who walk under the thing. That's fine. That's great. But yeah, I have a thing. I have a magic piece of. I don't know what the hell is mistletoe. Isn't it a fungus? I have this magic fungus. So you can see. Grows on oak trees. That was the most sacred to the druids. I don't know. I just, I'm just saying, kissing under fungus isn't such a great thing. Isn't so? It's a romantic thing. So the whole thing is kind of creepy, I suppose, if you think about it too much. But lots of things we do in life are creepy and weird if you think about it too much. <laughs> well, I think it's a fun thing, but well, just. In moderation. Yeah, well, with everything. Don't do it to strangers. Don't, do it to someone who's going to want to kiss you. How's that? You know? There you go. Stick <laughs> to people who want to kiss you. you know, not people you want to kiss. People that, who want to kiss you. Now, that would be cute on a date. Taking mistletoe. I'd do it. Oh, my God. That's so adorable. <laughs> oh, my God. How did we get together? Okay. You wrinkled your nose. Well, then there's that. That nose wrinkle is what did it. Oh, wow. I messed up when I put, when I ordered the show. My my copy and pasting was terrible. All right. So, I have to go fix that later. Because I didn't mean to do it that way. 
But actually, there's, we'll, we'll skip that one. The autistic coming out was harder. We'll go past that one because that wasn't meant to be there. Um, surviving Christmas. Ten tips for surviving the holidays. Okay, keep your regular routine. Think moderation. Um, it's easy to drink and eat too much at parties. So, got to kind of balance that out. And uh, be realistic. Try not to expect the ideal holiday. Now, this is one of my biggest feelings, too. I really have to temper myself. And um, I think a lot of other people do, too. It's such a huge holiday here in America. We... uh, we put too much into i like to do more experienced presence myself and i just um just remember nobody has a perfect holiday or a perfect family gotta take it as it comes and uh okay number four stay connected be sure to leave time to spend with friends and friends and family who value you. This is the holidays. We need to spread that cheer. And throw guilt out the window. Here again, unrealistic pressure on yourself to be happy, to rejoice, or even to enjoy the holidays. I think we've mentioned it before. Sometimes you just, it's an off year. Yeah, you don't have to. I think one of the biggest things to, to talk about Christmas is you don't actually owe anybody anything. You don't owe anybody to be happy. You don't owe anybody to have Christmas spirit. And it's okay. It's okay if you're not feeling Christmassy this year. You know, Christmas is it shouldn't be an obligation. It's something you do with for your. You don't do it for other. You do it for yourself, but for other people, it's it's a strange thing. Because you give gifts for other people, but the person who's actually rewarded by doing it is you. It's a weird thing. It's it's a strange, bizarre. That's why so many people do it. <laughs> when we go off and spend all our time and treasure through all giving Christmas gifts, if the only people who actually benefited were the people we gave them to, we get something from that. Yes. You know, we as human beings, we get, you know, we're emotional creatures. We get, there's an emotional payoff for that, for the Christmas season. That's why we do it. <laughs> it wouldn't be so universal. Even even if it's not Christmas, almost every culture I can think of has some Christmas type thing. You know, it's not necessarily Christmas, but they have some time of the year, sometimes two, but every culture I can think of has something of this nature, something of a Christmas nature, something where you think beyond yourself, but yet you yourself is the rewarded one. It's almost like you go back to the, you know, to the original Christmas, the baby Jesus. You go and you give the gifts to the baby Jesus, and the baby Jesus gives the reward to humanity. Right? That was kind of you know you 
give your gifts to the baby Jesus. And because the baby Jesus has a better life, he becomes soft and he, and he rewards humanity. That's kind of the theory. You know, but also there is a, uh, an emotional satisfaction for giving those gifts. Which is why it's hard when there's, you know, economic problems and you can't afford to give gifts. I caught a story. I was reading a story preparing for my other TV shows that uh, it's the record number of people won't be giving gifts this year. Can't afford it. At least a record number of the survey, this particular survey. You know, I suppose in the Great Depression, there was probably a higher percentage, but they didn't have a survey of this type. And the survey's gone for like 40 years. So it's a significant chunk of, uh, chunk of time. And um, and so what that means is these are difficult times. And so there's lots of people who are going to be facing a Christmas where they don't have that emotional uh, boost from giving gifts. It's not actually the social obligation that makes you want to give gifts. We all think it is. We all think we've been conditioned by society to want to give gifts. It's not society. Condition us. It's human nature. We want to do it because we want to do it. Society can't condition that. It's existed. It pre-existed society. The desire to, you know, make life better for those you care about pass things on to make life, you know, it's just, it's the normal human condition. And it's hard for us when we can't participate in that when you want to. It's hard for everybody. And it's hard for, you know, it's hard for everybody else to kind of figure out what to do with it. So, you know, a little empathy and a little compassion go a long way. Okay. Number six, don't be alone if you don't want to be. Now, they suggest trying to volunteer somewhere, like in a soup kitchen, children in group homes, or elderly in various facilities. Yeah, I do I do have a word of caution. If you are feeling down, um, that could be a double-edged sword. You go and you see a bunch of people whose lives are are worse than yours and you say, well, okay, I should be able to pick it up, you know, but at the same time, then you can feel worse because, you know, they get through life and I'm sitting here feeling sorry for myself. And, and so it's a double-edged sword. So if you don't want to be alone, if you don't have to, that's just true. There's always places you can find, but it doesn't have to be depressing. You can go wrap presents, you know, you can help people wrap presents. I saw uh, a church, I think it was a church that says, just bring your presents by and we're happy to wrap them for you for free. And you, know, you give a donation to the church or something, a couple bucks to the church, but they're happy to wrap presents. And there's volunteers sitting there just wrapping presents. It's all they're just wrapping presents for people. As How fun. <laughs> you know? Christmas music, a little. Christmas music, some hang, cookies. Hanging out with the thing. I'm singing church hymns or whatever. You know, I'm not a religious person, but I could. Tugs on my emotions a little bit, you know. <laughs> I really admit it does. <laughs> you know, it's a, so there's lots of things you can you can do to, you know, play Santa Claus. That was a nice thing I got to do. It was the last year. 
last year and the year before. Got to play a bit of Santa Claus. Yeah, so, you know, there's lots of things you can... I, get to, I don't get to send a video to your mother this year of you playing Santa. No, no, Santa can't be blind. We both delighted in that. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. So. Okay, focus on today, not yesterday. Okay, there's something being about being with family and old friends that make us be, become who we were and not who we are. When you find yourself reverting to old childhood patterns with family members, try to walk away for a minute and remember who you are now. We get, uh, we get stuck in roles and we grow and sometimes... I know being around family sometimes would do that to me. Yeah, well, and a lot of times it's we've imposed these things. You know what? What is it? The old sitcoms they do. You're the first. You know, it's the first Christmas. It's the daughter's first Christmas. Their mother and family's coming out of town, and they're all panicked. Right? <laughs> and they're all panicked because you want Christmas to go off right. You want it to go off well. You want everything to everybody to be perfect. It's like, sweetie, it doesn't need to be perfect. <laughs> You're killing yourself. Stop it. <laughs> There's no such thing as perfection. And if we talk about perfection, what is it? There is a story about the Afghan rug makers. Was it Afghan rug makers? Yes. Who would, you know, they'd spend all these years making their rug, making a perfect rug, but they'd leave one stitch imperfect. One stitch somewhere in the rug. They leave in, deliberately leave imperfect. And the thing is, because they would say, because nothing can be perfect. Oh, and there is another one. Um, there is no beauty that has doesn't have some I don't know. I forget something in its proportions. I can't. It's a poem, and I can't quite remember the word. Mm. Anyway, and I'm not great with poetry, so anyway but you know it's those imperfections that make life beautiful if everything was perfect life would be boring and we'd break things just to make it interesting <laughs> we would okay number eight just say no it's okay to say no if you're asked to do more than you can um number nine ask for help it's okay to ask for family and friends whether for decorating shopping cooking or a shorter to lean on just ask and number 10, be good to yourself. Yes. Yeah. But in order to be good to yourself, you have to know what that means. And so you have to be in touch with yourself. So that's all I'm going to say. I'm on that. So be careful. Because when you're being good to yourself, you can fool yourself a lot. And just thinking you're being good to yourself when you're actually not. I raised my hand on that one. That's the problem I have. You think it's you, a learning process. Yeah. And the other thing is awareness is the biggest issue with that. You know, try to be aware. Yeah. Yeah, you can try to do it. Just try to pay attention. Try to understand where you're at and where you're mental, at mentally, physically, and all that. And, and move forward. With care for yourself and for others. Yes. So that's surviving the holidays. We have, do we have time to get to this frequently asked questions about dating during the holidays? Well, we can have as much time as you want. You want to cover them? We can cover them. 
Well, we have we have one minute. Um, well, I think the biggest I, I want to handle. I want to hand. I want to tackle the biggest topic, and then uh, it's break time. The biggest topic in this is what to buy them for Christmas. How do you handle a Christmas present with for somebody you've just started dating? Oh, that is a that is a good one because you don't want to go too big or because you know you don't want to too Get much pressure. Too scared, you could scare them away. Yeah, but you also you, you don't want to be just a uh, you know a trinket because you want to show that there's maybe a future. Well, that's actually the, the other thing is: do you want to is is do you see this relationship as a future or is this as a passing thing that's the first place you have to ask question you have to ask you know and then the next time that comes up is valentine's day so <laughs> yeah so that comes up again on valentine's day so and that comes fast three months is not a long time but yeah it's a it's an interesting question i don't have a good answer to it it's just one of those you have to feel You'll know it's right. And you'll have a coin flip that you'll be wrong. But hey, you know, <laughs> that's the way life is. I think with early dating experience gifts are great. Small items of jewelry. Yeah, well, for, for men, it's easy. To buy a gift for, buying a gift for a man is easy. Just, just. Buy him a, something from his favorite, <coughs> favorite, excuse me, favorite sports team or, or, uh, <coughs> remember what I did for your birthday that one year? Yeah. But that was a little later on. That was a little customized, but you just buy a shirt or a hat or, or, or something that you know he's going to like, right? That, that's, men are easy. We're insanely easy to buy for. No, you're not. Because we just don't care that much. Yes, it is. You just buy us a hat or a t-shirt. That's not romantic. We're men. We don't need to be romantic. That's what I mean. It's much harder to buy a gift for women because we're not romantic by nature's, and then you all want some romantic gift, and we don't even understand what the hell a romantic gift is. And then do we want to get a romantic gift? Is this a long-term thing or a short-term thing? Uh, what part of the relationship are we? Is this a long-term relationship? I don't know yet. And so, how am I supposed to pick a? Yeah, yeah. See, you see the world we have to live in. You poor souls. The burdens, you know, burdens are heavy. Burdens are heavy. So as Lemmy goes out to to talk to take her break, I am going to sit here. I have a conversation about rolling the farter. Now, Mr. Roland is actually named as I believe was William, and Roland de Alfaro. Something I don't know, some Latin name I can't pronounce. And he was a court jester for Henry II. And every year, at Christmas time, he would have to come to the king, give a, what was it, a jump? Ah, uh, all right. All right. For one jump, one whistle, and one fart at the king's court. And for this, 
the king gave him like 30 acres of land and uh and he gave him a big estate 30 acres a bunch of land and an estate and a title the whole nine yards because apparently he could fart on command and he could jump whistle and fart on command and the king thought it was funny and as the court jester you know if you can keep the king happy you get rewarded that's a strange thing that you can <laughs> be given a court title deeds to land and all this kind of stuff from a king because you are rolling the farter that is a job i would actually want by the way a court jester i think i could be a good court jester they had a very complicated job yes well, they're the one people who could actually tell the king the truth. Oddly enough, <coughs> it was his job. It oh was, my goodness, excuse me. It was his job to tell the king the uncomfortable truth. And so if you could do that with style and flair and apparently gas, you could be highly rewarded, depending upon the king. Now, my guess is a queen is not going to pretty much like the fart jokes. I just found it interesting that that was a Christmas time event. While making merry and all that. I was still yelling a fart. I don't get it. And I was—I didn't even try to pronounce the Latin things. Cause, oh, you didn't? No, I didn't even try. I was, okay. So, as we come, we come back from our break. We uh, want to let you know that you can find us at anchor.fm slash late night love. You can find us at late night love on all your social media and other networks. Most importantly, you can find us at late night love.us. Sign up for our newsletter and all that good fun stuff. Okay. All right. So what do we got now? We got questions. Questions, questions, questions. I... I am nothing if not a question answerer, except I can't hit the right buttons on my phone. Okay. Shall I read the first one? Not. It's time to go. Hmm? Yeah. I'm 12. My parents have been divorced for five years, and I live at both houses. I want to live at my dad's full time. How do I tell my mom? Yeah. Without knowing circumstances, I'm going to go into the fact that there is a decent circumstances and she just, for whatever reason, prefers living with her dad. That, you know, all things are relatively equal and she just has a preference because 12-year-olds do. Could be a boy. Boys are the girl? I assume it's a girl because boys tend to want to live with their mother. Girls tend to want to live with their father. It Could be a boy. Could be. But, you know, and, you know, fathers tend to have, let's say, wider lanes than mothers. Mothers have a tendency to be a little bit more overprotective. Fathers have a tendency to have wider lanes. But when you cross the lanes, the punishment's more severe. So it's, you know, who knows in terms of, and, those are generalities. It means absolutely nothing when you talk to about an individual family. 
Yeah. So, so, you know, assuming all things equals, and you're talking about competent parents, and it's, you're just talking about a choice, I'm not sure you, she has one. Not much she can do. Not at 12. No. I mean, you're getting to the age where you start to can. That is the age where you can start having these conversations. and. But it may take a while. Yeah, you're going to take a couple years, and and because your mother's going to be hurt. Whether you intend to hurt her or not, she's going to feel hurt. She's going to feel rejected. And, you know, it's not your intention. You just, you know, maybe all, maybe you have more friends in the area. You know, maybe it's at 12 years old, you're just closer to your, your core group of friends, right? Maybe that's probably a bigger driver than anything else. Right? You're closer to your core group of friends at that age. That's what you want to be with. So it's probably something like that. So it's probably got nothing to do with you know, the mother, the father individually, it's friends. And that's the area you want to spend time with. But your mother and father are actually doing the right thing by you. By splitting time. By having a responsible relationship, working you together, because it seems like there's no complaint, right? There was no complaint in the article. There was no saying, my father's mean, or my father's nice, my mother's mean, you know, or there was no extra complaint. This just seemed like a preference. Yes. And if there's just a preference, then you, there's no easy way to say this. Is You're just going to have to understand that in the long term, this is best for you. The equal, as equal time as possible with both your parents will reward you in the long run. It's hard to tell a preteen that because they don't think that far ahead. They're not wired to think that far ahead yet. But, you know, they're doing the right thing. Now, maybe when you get a little older into those, you know, high school, those high school years, maybe having a more settled environment may be better suited. But for the next couple of years, I think you're just going to have to, you know, accept that this is best for you. Trust your parents. I hate, you know, there's not a, it's not a great answer, but it's the answer you're going to get. Just trust your parents on this one. Okay. Now talk to them. Tell them how you're feeling. Please tell them how you're feeling, but tell them how you're feeling. Don't, you know, make it into something else. Don't make it into well, demand. There, or, well, there's another issue we haven't addressed. What's that? How do we know the father is ready to take on full time? How we know anybody is. You're as parents, you're never really ready to take full time on. It's not ready. Maybe that was a bad word. Well, I, I'm just, I'm assuming that both parents probably in this situation probably could deal with full time, all things being equal. That I'm going to assume that this is simply a preference. And if all things being equal, if a preference is, you know, it's best for you. Okay. And so if that's the case, then understand that this is best for you. And that's probably the way to go. Have the conversation. Tell your parents, both of them, how you're feeling. Yes. You know, but don't make it, I want to move with your friend. I don't want to move. I want to stay living with dad. Say, this is what I'm feeling right now. And tell them why. Understand why you're feeling that way. That's the conversation you want to have. Okay. Okay. Here's the question for you. I have no knowledge. My principal recently said when someone uses a VPN, what the heck is that, on our school Wi-Fi, they will know. I've been using a VPN for the last three years, and I haven't gotten in trouble. Are they able to do this, or are they bluffing? Well, there's a couple of things about this. 
Hey, can they tell somebody is using a VPN? Probably. Well, okay, if they were competent enough, yes. Uh, is your school comp, you know, IT director competent enough to catch someone who's using a VPN even remotely adequately? No. <laughs> so they're blowing smoke. Don't worry about it. And also, there's nothing illegal about using a VPN. It's just a private, a VPN is essentially a private tunnel to the internet. It's to protect you from, kind of protect your, uh, your personal IP address. You, you run it through a secondary system. And it, they can tell the data is going through the system, but they aren't going to be able to tell where. And unless you are stupid and setting up your VPN, which you clearly haven't been. So, no, they can't. I mean, it's one of these things. If they're technically competent, yes, they can. But a school system having the technical competence to sniff out your VPN, <laughs> it's laughable. <laughs> it's genuinely laughable. <laughs> they're not going to do it. They're just not competent enough. That's not their job, right? School IT departments aren't built for that. So, no. But there's also nothing illegal about it. So, stop them. Okay. I forgot, I love this one. I forgot to scan my one banana at Walmart. And after I realized it, after I came home, do I go back? Will I get in trouble? Bless her little heart. Well, bless their heart. I don't know if it was a man or woman. I didn't, I didn't check the, I didn't check the thing. Uh, but you appreciate their honesty, don't you? you just, I sure do. You got to love the honesty because you can genuinely feel that I feel guilt in this. I I've, <laughs> I've done it myself. Okay, now over a banana, it, it actually cost them more money to deal with you getting giving them more money to the banana than the mids. So the banana costs like 14 cents or something, 25 cents or something for a banana. It's literally going to cost them but, more money. But I think the point here is this person is having guilt. Yes. And if they want to, go back to the store, explain what happened, and offer to pay. Yes. Uh, and, they'll tell you, and what they'll tell you is, forget about it it's fine because they they do actually expect when you have the self-checkout they factor in that people are going to forget to scan a banana every now and again right just honestly doing it because you will you get all confused and things happen and you and you forget a banana and that's fine it, it's especially for something like walmart you know small little store is different than, than a walmart um, now as long as it's a genuine accident you know i did it the other day the other day at the store well not the other day i guess it was a month ago at the grocery store i'd gone through put all the card in and as i was putting the things away i noticed that i had missed an item like an item of cheese or something and i threw it back onto your cart because you we were following and this i said hey pay for this for me or maybe it was yours maybe it was my son's but i asked somebody the person behind me who was in our family to to put it on their bill now, no one noticed. The person bagging noticed. The checker didn't notice. I could have put the bags on there and gone out, and no one would have known. But pay for the the cheese, and so you know. But if by the time you've got home, there's no chance you're going to get in trouble over a banana. <laughs> no one's going to care. They, but, they appreciate your honesty. But but though. if you want to go back and say, "Hey, I accidentally didn't scan a banana last time," can you know? You're not going to get in trouble. You're not going to get in trouble, but if you really do want to pay for the banana, you can go pay for the banana. You can do it the other way. You can go back in, grab a banana, scan it, pay for it, and then leave it there. 
if you really want to do it without having to talk to anybody, deal with anybody, you go through a skating banana and then leave the banana. Of course, then they're going to have to throw that banana away. So, yeah, you can scan it twice and then have a, I suppose. Could. Yeah. But again, at this point, you're, you're kind of cost them and yourself more money in processing fees and whatnot than the banana's worth. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, we appreciate your honesty. We love, your, we love your honesty, but, you know, there's some things that are just honest mistakes, and you can just leave them as honest mistakes. Yes. Okay. Whenever I tell, oh, this one really gets me. Whenever I tell my 15-year-old son to stop, not only this is, I, no, not this one. The, I, I was thinking about it was the wrong, the was the wrong one. Whenever I tell my 15-year-old son to stop playing his video game, he says that he cannot because he is in the middle of a game. He claims that leaving a game in the middle will result in him being banned for the game. What does this mean? Well, A, no, it won't result in getting being banned. A, it can affect your ratings, some your, your online ratings in some of these cases. But it won't get a bitch banned because people get disconnected from the internet all the time. It could possibly affect your ratings in the game or with your 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 group. If you play with a club type of thing, it may affect your rankings within there. But, you know, I raise teenage boys. I'm in a game. I don't care. But one of the ways to deal with these things is to make sure they understand, if you're going to do this, make sure you have some understandings. Like one of the things I came across with my boys was I would give them like 20 minutes warning. 20 minutes, you know, so they can finish their round. So that way there's some mutual respect. You're respecting what they're doing. You're respecting their hobby. You're respecting their activity. You're expecting their social engagement, you know, while they're still having respect for, for your, for your uh, needs, your rules, your requirements, whatever it is. So I would give them warnings, you know, 20 minute warnings, you know, at nine o'clock, we're leaving at nine, whether you're, you know, you know. <laughs> and, you know, and I would, I'd pull a plug on the internet and the whole house would go down. So, so no, so they didn't push me all that often, but they also didn't need to, but yeah, I'm in a game. Their mother hated that. I'm in a game. I don't care if you're in a game, but out of respect for them, you know, just social mutual respect, you give them warnings. I think that's how you deal with it. But no, they're not going to get banned. Don't if you're going to get mad at them and punish them for something, punish them for that bullshit <laughs> for feeding you a line of bullshit. That's what you should punish them for. <laughs> get banned, my ass. <laughs> the gaming thing—that's just part of Nick. That's just kids growing up these days. That oh, I'll get banned. Shut up, <laughs> lying sack. <laughs> Teenager. <laughs> okay. My neighbor told me they were moving out and that I should be mindful to the new neighbors since the porch light we leave on shines right into their bedroom. We have been here for eight months. Why haven't they said something? Well, because they didn't care. They may have had blackout curtains. The light didn't bother them. So they didn't say anything. But what they're telling you is it may bother the next person. So that's all it is. 
don't make it into anything more than exactly what it is. If it had bothered them enough, they would have said something because they told you now. Right? It just didn't bother them. Some people liked a little bit of light in the room. It's like a night light. I do. So, you know, eh. so it's, you know, don't worry about it. But they're just giving you a heads up that you may, they may or may not. And, you know, you can have blackout curtains. Like I got blackout curtains in, in this office. I have no idea what time of day it is. <laughs> it's always the same in here. Okay. Do grades GPA really matter? Only if you want to get into college. Anything else, no one else, no one cares. No one looks at that. Yeah, but getting into college, they matter a lot. Yeah. Especially if you want to get into the college you want. So that's kind of where they matter. Uh, you know, even in college, once you get out of college, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares where you ranked in your class. <laughs> no one kidding. No one cares. No one cares what your attendance was. No one cares. No one asks. <laughs> I mean, there may be a few occasions where people may actually ask it and they actually, but for the 95 to 8% of us, after you get into college, it makes no difference. Yeah, it's only matters in, in academia. Okay. Is it okay to let a teen daughter and son sleep in the same room, but in bunk beds so they have separate beds? Well, is it okay? Yes. Is it going to eventually be uncomfortable sure if it's not already well they've probably grown up a lot and you know remember us here in the west especially in the united states we have a different view on on communal sleeping you know most of the world sleeps in you know one room so these kind of issues are just kind of normal you don't have rooms for every individual kid you know lots of sharing rooms is actually quite common in most of the world it's the United States, Canada. It's kind of a unique thing. So is it okay? Sure. If, if you have a different option, I would choose a different option. It's probably not the best option, but if it's what you got. It's what you got, right? You, yeah. So, I mean, there is going to become privacy issues at some point. So. Yes. As an employee, if I find my manager is going to terminate me tomorrow, how should I handle or behave in the meeting? Well, like an ethical, responsible human being. You always want to behave like your best self. Why would you ever want to behave differently? You know, things don't always work out. Sometimes getting fired is the best thing for you. Right now you're not stuck at a job that you doesn't know how a future app. So, you know, being fired, always people think people being fired or being let go is, is a necessarily a bad thing. The job doesn't wasn't fit. It didn't fit. It wasn't working. So moving on is a good thing for both of you. So, you know, just behave like an ethical, rational, normal human being. That's all you need to do. I love class. Yeah. My 14-year-old son thinks it's funny to challenge me in public. Oh, God, that used to really get me. 
where I don't want to discipline him in front of other people. How do I address this problem? It was no freaking problem for me. I would bring the smack down, down in a minute. You don't embarrass me in front of people. Who do you think you are? I raised you. I'll take you out. I never had this problem, so I don't know. My boys never, we never had those things. Anthony did when he was younger. But I mean, the, the, the oldest, well, second oldest, he had, but he had an oppositional defiant thing. And so once you figured that out, then you knew it's like he worked, reverse psychology worked on him. And so it, it became easier. But once you figured that, that's what was happening, then it became easier to deal with. And so you have to kind of understand your child because you might be, if he's got, if you have a child who's having an uh, oppositional defiant issue, then whatever you try to do is actually just going to make it worse. And so you, we have to be very careful and understand what's actually, you have to figure out what's actually going on. Now, what I did is for us, the, the rule was you behaved like a civilized human being outside the house. And I gave you wide barrier birth inside the house. <laughs> and so that seemed to work. I gave them wide berth inside the house, you know, but outside the house, you behave like a civilized human being and that more or less worked. But the question is, why is the challenge you at all? My girl, all three of my girls went through a period. They liked to ch correct me in public and challenge me things that I would say, that's not right. God. Yeah. I don't do, I had to, well, I would always turn around, you know, I don't do that to you. Uh, well, see, I just, I have a thing is I don't feed the trolls. And so that worked <laughs> a lot when they, um, when they were teenagers, I don't treat you like that. I treated them with respect. I gave them a lot of room, a big sandbox. You step out of the sandbox and, and life as you know, it is going to change. Yeah, the wrath of God will come down. <laughs> oh, I keep hitting the wrong buttons. There, is that your email address? Yeah. Okay. No, that's late night love locals.com. Yeah. Anchor FM late night love. Oh. Late night love the US is up higher. What? No, the, there it is. Your email address. Ah, see. There it is. All right. Oh, there it is. <laughs> this is the problem with this setup. I can't see it. <laughs> this is a nicer setup for us to sit down here and have a conversation like this. I actually kind of like it, but I can't. But with my bad eyesight, I can't see the. <laughs> I can't see the controls. <laughs> All right. So well, to answer that one, I think so. All right. Immediately, I would be saying, "Give me your phone." Yeah, I'm, my 17 year old son yeah. says he doesn't want to go to college because he wants to be, become a full time video game streamer. What should I tell him? Well, tell him to do both. That's what I was thinking. Well, because look, you can go to online school. Because look, if he's an online streamer, then he's comfortable being online. So, an online school is probably good for him. So, you can go to an online school. For marketing business so you can actually run your freaking business as a twitch as a as a twitch streamer better 
So, so you support them. Say, okay, here's the deal. You go to online school while you go, as long as you go to online school do your, and pass your classes and do your things, I'll support you doing the streaming. So you can do both. And you'll save money because online schools are a third the cost of, of, of other schools. And the, the education is just as good, especially for someone who's comfortable in that environment. So don't work against it. Work with it. Having marketing business classes. So you can learn how to become more successful as an online streamer. So you can learn how to turn your online streaming into a freaking business. That's what you do. Work with his dream, not against his dream. There you go. This one is sad. Would it be wrong to send my sister's sister's my husband's sister a card asking her not to invite him <clears throat> to her home for the holidays i am not welcome there and i'm tired of spending them alone well on this question is i would i would talk to your husband not your husband's sister and says can we plan something for the holidays go away go for a trip do something else find a compromise because if you're not welcome there for whatever reason, who knows that, you know, things happen. Um, it could be for anything. We don't have any. We have no clue. No clue. So, but the person to talk to is your husband, not her sister. Yeah. That's the, that's the conversation to have. And if your husband's not, um, doesn't see the value in that, then you need to see counseling together and, and because you are misconnecting, you need to see some counseling about what's really important in your relationship and what parts, because there's, there's a compromise there to be made. Yes. There's plenty of room for compromise there. You can, every other year, there's, there's room for compromises. And so half the day, half the day, day after there's compromises. It's just, you know, we, there's hundreds of potential compromises. And so. That's it's your husband you have to talk to, not, not your sister-in-law. Can I adopt a homeless teenager? Parents don't care and are okay with giving up their rights. Uh, the, can you? Yes. yes. Should you? Not immediately. First, try staying with you for a month. See how everybody sits with that. Be careful. Take it slow. Now, you can essentially adopt them. Adopt them without adopting them. But you can. But just be careful. I mean, look, I, I love the fact that you want to take care of someone who doesn't have someone to, doesn't have a family who's willing to take care of them. You want to step in and be that family for them. That's great. You don't need a legal adoption to do that, if, especially if they're willing to just look the other way. But so you can take it slow you have the option to take it slow you want to get that child off the street great get her off the streets get them off the streets and then start working and seeing where it goes from there because those parents may feel differently six weeks down the road you know it may trigger some parental instinct in them that gets them to straighten up their act and then six months later you may have a different problem and that would be a good problem to have you know, it may not. They may be completely worthless and, and drop completely out of sight and you'd have nothing to do. But that may happen anyway. 
So I'm just saying. I love what you're. I, I love the thought process. I, I love the desire. I love the follow through. I, I just. All, my only thing is just be careful. Talk to a lawyer. And, and talk to a lawyer and someone who's worked in social services would be my guess. There you go. Okay, last question. Can I really get away with Santa not bringing my child gifts because she's been terrible lately? Well, you're the parent. You can get away with anything you want. <laughs> um, I would... I don't like using that kind of punishment because that's not what Christmas is about. You're, you're misusing the Christmas spirit. Children go through stages and, you know, punishing them. Now, you may not give them the big Christmas gift this year, right? Yes. You say, well, I was going to buy you a bicycle, but you've been a little craphead, so you're not getting a bicycle this year. You know, <laughs> you're just going to get shoes, socks, clothes, and, 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 you know, and a small toy. Okay. I'm, I'm good with that. That kind of thing, you know. Yes, but something, but nothing to open on Christmas morning. And and and, and something fun. Don't just give them socks or clothes. <laughs> give them something a little fun. But you don't have to give them the big Christmas gift. If you're going to punish them, for, if you're going to do that, you should do it with the big one. The, the, you, you do it with the, the theoretically big Christmas gift if you do that kind of thing. But, but punishing them on Christmas for misbehavior... That's always not sat right with me. Me either. So, can you get away with it? Yeah. Should you? No. no. <laughs> Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. All right. And it is time for us to go. I want to thank you guys for joining us. We want to thank Lovey for doing the work on the show this week. We want to thank uh, you all for listening. We want to have, hope everybody has a happy holidays and happy Hanukkah. And is there another, isn't there another religion, major religion that has a holiday this during this time of year? Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is not a religion. It, it's a, it's a, it's a heritage holiday. It's a spiritual. Yeah. But it's more of a heritage holiday. That I, uh, well, happy Kwanzaa. Don't get me wrong. I just, it was thinking of a religious holiday. It's, I'm, I'm not dismissing Kwanzaa. I don't want anybody to understand. I was just thinking of a religious holiday, not. Right, 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 right. It, that's all. I mean, I, I don't, anyway, it's a spiritual time of year. I'm not a spiritual person. So I tried. So it's, so when I get into that mindset, anyway, <laughs> anyway, I trip over myself clearly. <laughs> so for me and love, you want to thank you for listening. You, you can go find our uh, cup on Teespring. You can, uh, we'll put a link in the, uh, in the comments or show description or something. Cause I think I forgot. And uh, for me and Lovey, we want to thank you for being with us. And please remember to love everybody. Good night.